Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Aaron from Comanche County. We do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Aaron Sawyer is actually the ag. What did you say all that big long title was? Ag Education Research Coordinator? Ag and Natural Resources. Ag isn't ag natural resources? Why would you have to be redundant? Yep, yep. It's the first <laughs> time I've ever had initials behind my name. <laughs> How are things in Comanche County, Kansas? Good. Summer is in full swing. Uh, we got a little dry there, still a little dry, and wheat harvest is in full swing. Mm. You made that a- time of year. You, by the way, before we get started, I should let people know you we're talking about you as an ag and natural resource educator, but you wear many hats, so who knows where yep. we might end up before we're done. But <laughs> last week, you made a statement, I think it was on at some social media page, doesn't matter which one, that mm-hmm. during times of drought, we can learn to manage our resources that will benefit us in non-drought. And I just thought that was quite profound that we need to expand upon that yeah i think the one you're you're talking about i alluded to maybe maybe at times we cause our own droughts to a certain extent Mm -hmm. it still has to rain for things to work Uh, but we constantly have a weather related crisis you guys had the opposite last year you flooded uh so we try to manage every day, graze them like we're in a drought. Yep. So when drought comes, that's perfect. Doesn't affect us much. I had a friend of mine who's a non-farm person ask me the other mm-hmm. day, and it, it kind of goes along these lines. He said, uh, "So how are you managing with the climate change on the on the farm?" And I I didn't take it to a political discussion at all. I, I just you know mm-hmm. I really thought about that, Aaron, and I thought. We've had climate change. I'm 53 years old. My grandfather was born in 1918. As long as we've been farming, we've been managing climate change. The weather is never the same one month to the next. And our role as stewards of the natural resources is to find a way to manage them through all weather events. And that's ultimately what the successful individuals do. Yep. You got to remain, you know, you got to manage everything and we, you got to manage what you can, which is you. Do you know that the outlook for 2020 for ag, it's not very whippy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to an update before this whole shutdown and we were told 40% of net farm income in 2018 was mm-hmm. government payment. It's kind of hard to get excited about that. Uh, that's greatly troubling. And I think you know that my High Plains Journal column this week has spurred a thought or two that hasn't been all kind about Trent Luce for president. <laughs> but yeah. let's, let's face it. When 40% of your income on the farm comes from government payments... Therein lies the problem. Yeah. 
it, there's no incentive to want to change, to be better, because we have that safety net that we've relied on. Mm-hmm. Kind of where your article says, you get enough to keep you quiet. So what's the steps to changing that? that that's what we're going to focus on today, what we need to do to fix that. Well, what we did was uh, we didn't want the help because anytime you let them in your operation, they usually have a say of what you can do. Uh, you know, crop insurance, those indemnity payments, all that. They have rules, and that's fine if you want to do those, but we had chose not to. So we had to find a way to be different, mm-hmm. or we would, you know, I work in town, but that's not my long-term goal. It's the short-term goal of me ranching for a living. So we had to find a way to be different. So we we started managing our resources better so we can do that, which is managing the grazing to the best of our ability, which is the most animals I can run on a small piece of land for the shortest piece of time to rest at the longest time of a year, which is we try to set foot on wherever we're at one day a year during the growing season with cows. Hoping the other 364 days that something positive has happened before and after rain. Can can that work? One day a year? Yes. Yes. And and but do you have a you're number? Challenged. Go ahead, Aaron. What number? No, I'm just your challenge. The only challenge is your imagination. Okay. Um, and then can you give me a number as to? I mean, everybody wants to put always put a new fancy term on it. You know, mob mm-hmm. grazing, re- regenerative agriculture, whatever. How about mm-hmm. just managing the resource to the best of our ability? But yep. what is the increased output if we accomplish this successfully? So we have done this for seven years, rotational mm-hmm. grazing, and then we went into more of the, the more managed rotational grazing, and we've increased our carrying capacity five times. Really? Now, we also graze our farmland with that. So some of that carryover is we winter on on farmland, yeah. which is let us grow more grass. Unless you get cover. a government payment, and then the government tells you you can't graze on farmland mm-hmm. and let, without our permission. And soybean stubble, no, keep those cows off of that soybeans. <laughs> I have people yeah. tell me, I can't let you bring your cows to my soybean stubble because it messes with my farm payment. I'm like... Are you kidding me? Cows don't do anything mm-hmm. but fix your soybean stubble. Right, right. And most farmers are scared of compaction, at least here, from cattle. But it, compaction is a direct result of time that the cows are there, mm-hmm. not that the cows are there. So we we strip graze residue. So cows are only on a small portion for a small time, and, and we... We don't rip ground anymore. We're we're no till now. We're we're actually getting rid of the hard pan with plants and cows, not iron. Funny, I just finished a column about iron deficiency, but it was a different type of iron. <laughs> but I'm thinking about a parallel there. I'm thinking if I could find some tie, <laughs> yeah, we could put the two together. That is my ultimate goal, and should be all cattlemen's is. How can we feed our cows more days without starting a piece of iron? Yep. 
Yep, the biggest piece of machinery I own for cow herd is a four-wheeler. Yeah. Now, there are folks listening right now in Montana and even Saskatchewan saying, yeah, you guys are lucky you can graze like that. There's, you need to match your environment. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, we, on that uh, that note, I just came back from the first part of June to a, uh, from a grazing school in Cimarron, New Mexico. Uh-huh. And they're dry. That's dry. If you want to see dry, go down there. Yeah. They're they're bad, and then there was a a speaker from old Mexico grazing on eight inches of rain in the desert in the mm-hmm. Chihuahuan desert, mm-hmm. and a wet wet year is ten inches, and he has tripled his stocking rate and headed to five times his stocking rate as soon as he gets enough water capacity to water his herd. And that was a major gut check. If that works on 10 inches, why wouldn't it work on my 24? Right. You get 24? 24. Wow. That's what, at my house, my what I've kept track of since I've been back for 10 years, we average about 24 inches. Well, we blew a hole in everything last year. We were over 80, but I'm normal 20, Man. 20 to 24. We had 32 last uh, year. I don't want 80 again. That was no. Just- my grass is messed up, and, and it puts yep. more pressure. And here's the thing, Aaron. I can't really go into this because, no, I'm just not going to. We yeah. will do that when we get back with more roll route just like that. We have flown through our first segment from Comanche County. I'm not in Comanche County. I haven't been for too long. We'll get that fixed more in after this. Right off the bat today, we want to talk about the Certified Piedmontese Opportunity. And I call it an opportunity because you and the cattleman, you as a cattleman, along the lines of what Aaron's talking about here, have the ability to manage your forages better. We also have the ability to put a risk management program in place. That risk management program at our place happens to be a contract with Lone Creek Cattle Company because they have the genetics that perform well, calf easy, calves grow good, and a built-in market. That market includes a $180 per head premium. That premium, by the way, is your state average top market price at 600 pounds. Steers and heifers, the same as a steer price, plus $180 per head. If you know of a more profitable deal in the entire cattle business, go for it. This is the best I know of. It's giving you more of the consumer's food dollar. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Alongside Aaron Sawyer's joining us from Comanche County, Kansas. You actually had a physical meeting you could attend in the month of June. That's encouraging. I went as Aaron, not as extension Aaron. <laughs> One of those other hats I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, had a... Had a good opportunity to to go down and and hang out with like minded people that were mm-hmm. actually excited about production agriculture. Thanks for giving uh, me a call and see if I wanted to run with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was if you could ever go to one of them, you can learn something. They're good. So, you know, I could have all the fantastic ideas in the world about how to graze my land and um, have a cow on every acre one day a year. Mm -hmm. Water is the limiting factor. And I'm thinking about this 
poor sap in Mexico that sees water every third day. That That is the limiting factor across the board, right? Yep. Water is the limiting factor everywhere. And, and I'm and not talking about water. moisture for grass growth. I'm, I'm, yep. We're talking about water and cows. Yep, stock water. Yep, and we just... Our, we have a lane where our cattle water at a central source, which isn't the best. But we just move poly wire away from the water, and the cows graze. Yeah, graze away, and they go to new grass every day or twice a day or what? We have different goals all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's be honest. Two things: the water access and the labor. There's a lot of cattlemen that are just used to driving by in a pickup. Yep, cows are in. <laughs> We're all good. You got to go out yeah. there and move that poly wire, or invest a lot of money in infrastructure. One of the two. Yeah, and if I wasn't such tight wad, they make an automatic gate now that's solar powered that you can set what time you want them to move. Yeah, but you still got to go make sure they moved. Um, I prefer to use the word frugal. I think that's a more sophisticated frugal. Word. Frugal. <laughs> yeah, you, mm-hmm. I'm frugal. That's why my pickup's frugal. got four hundred and eleven thousand miles. Yep. All highway, right? Mostly. Uh, so are people adopting this? Are we just, is this just a few or how many? There are some more people that are kind of starting to do this. They start slow. Uh, and most of the guys want to do it on farmland. They don't have much interest in doing it on native pasture. You know, the terrain is pretty... Mm-hmm. Uh, scary at times, depending on where you're at in our county. We're about as different as you can be. Real flat on the west side to deep, steep canyons on the east side. But that guy in old Mexico, he was grazing the mountains in the desert on horseback. Yeah. That's how they move their reels. Where would you not want to increase your output by five times? On the same acres. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. And not feed hay. It's just a matter of figuring out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a learning process. You, the cool thing is the grass and Mother Nature are extremely resilient. Yeah. We just have to look look for how long the rest needs to be. That's the biggest thing is the more days rest, the more grass you grow behind them. So I, I've been talking to people about this for a long time, and we, for 30 years, Kelly and I have been trying to rotationally graze, and I'm not going to tell you we mm-hmm. do it right, but we've been trying. Yeah. It's clear to me what you just said is the key. It's not the grazing, it's the rest. Yep. Yeah, and I can't tell you what what the right rest period is. Everywhere, everywhere is different. Every grass is a little different that the guy in Mexico was 12 to 18 months before he was back. Mm-hmm. He only gets rain three months a year, July, wow. August, September. So I felt kind of spoiled. Yeah, well, we all are pretty spoiled, really. I mean, you, what you're talking about there is representative of what Hank Vogler deals with on 2 million acres in Nevada. Mm-hmm takes a really good horse to ride your whole pasture in a day. Yep. Yep, and that's the other thing I like 
it takes me a lot less time to check all my cows when they're in one place in tight. <laughs> you know, the other benefit is that I'm still calving right now because I didn't start till May. Uh, yep. About to finish up. I think I got 10. But it's a lot easier to find those little turds and get them caught, processed, vaccinated, and tagged, too, when you're in that group. Yeah, and anymore, we've even quit. We don't even tag them. We tag them at branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I get ran over in my operation and hurt by a cow, it's not worth very much. So we've eliminated that. You don't uh, vaccinate But it is easier birth? to find them. Nope. We vaccinate them at branding. And mm-hmm. then again, usually, the guy that buys my calves wants them vaccinated again. So we right. do it uh, sometime after we wing them. Yeah. Every protocol is different. Uh, as you know, we're part of the Certified Piedmontese program, and that regiment has a vaccination at birth, so we do that. Yeah. Yep. And it's no big deal. I, I'm. I know you're genetically minded too, though. But uh, I. I want to know every day what calf's out of what cow. Mm-hmm. Even if, it, I, even if it's a I terminal like calf. Go ahead, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them. You know, we calf. If we calf. On a, on a property we went, rent north of the house, when we haul pairs home, I do stick a tag in the calf's ear out of the trailer. Because yeah. I like to know we keep our own bulls. Mm-hmm. I like to know who's what. Uh, but as far as the genetic side, we just use breeders that we like their stock, and then we just select our own out of them that produce in our system, which is... Not no cost, but as low cost as I can be. Right. What's uh, It's all about the return. As uh, wearing your extension cap again, mm-hmm. what's the general attitude of farmers and ranchers in Comanche County right now, halfway through 2020? Not very good. It's bad morale. Uh, the virus deal kind of put a hamper on. We market a lot of of cattle in March and April, either heavy feeders or grass cattle, and they were worth, you know, that's when I sell mine, they are worth $200 less than they were in February when we went to sell them. Uh, we're cutting wheat now that's above county average for yield, and the guys aren't making any money. Yields are fair, though. Yeah, yep, for here we're good. Uh, above county average, most of what I've heard, really good test weights. So, what are people going to do? On the whole, some people change, and some people are probably going to have to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, change is always a lot more comforting when you get to do it on your own versus when you have to. But sometimes, especially us as men, the only way we're going to change is when we have to. Mm-hmm. We're kind of stubborn. When Mama tells us, when the Speaker of the House says we're going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's it doing to yeah. the um, insp- inspiration of that next generation to come back and be a part of it? I think it's going to hurt it. I personally think that may be the biggest negative thing, more of them financial. I think that's the problem with 2020 in my mind. Yeah, and 
you just hear these big operations that tell their kids not to come back, there's no money in it. It's not worth it. Well, there is. You just have to manage it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident in my mind, which that's just my mind, that profit is usually a direct result of management. I agree. Because there's people making money right now, and there's people that aren't. And the only difference is management. We all have the same markets, same weather, in the air, you know, localized weather. It's just the management. I'm not going to tell anybody the cattle market is good or it's what it should nope. be. We all know that the spread between the producer's paycheck and the consumer's price purchase point is way out of whack. Yeah. But with all of that said, Aaron, I know, and you probably know as well, cattle feeders that are still making money selling fed cattle. And yep. it's because not only the management, but their risk management practices in place that they had it all covered. Yep. That, and when you look at the, the guys that are making money right now, they have low amounts of debt. Yeah. I mean, it's they don't have as much at risk, and they can kind of manage more mm-hmm. on their own. They don't have to do things. I've got to go. I do have to do this. Go to a break. Aaron Sawyer's more Comanche County, Kansas Talk 101 after this. Seems like a good time to remind you to watch The Stand at Paxton County. It's on Netflix. For the month of May, it was in the top 20 movies for the entire Netflix movie section. That's because the story is real. It shares the struggles that animal owners have and the animal rights corruption. The Stand at Paxton County on Netflix. Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Luce alongside Aaron Sawyers, who hasn't been here for far too long. Um, I'm going to save segment four for all of the positive things in life, because there are positive things. But before we get back to that, uh, I I have to ask you about something that I know you're quite passionate about, because the last time you were here, that was our topic of discussion. And that is that... It's kind of been just this uh, swept under the rug challenge in mental health with the farming community. I think there's a better awareness to 21 veterans a day taking their life. And we just talk about it, Aaron, like it's happening, but what are we going to do? And and the farmer numbers are growing as a result of what's taking place. What, what do you see there? Any Any silver linings in that storm? Oh, I think people are going to be be more aware. I think you know our local community is more aware. We we've, we've had a couple programs directed at uh, at mental health of farmers, ranchers, uh, but it's tough to get those guys to come to stuff. If memory serves me correctly, the last time you were here, you had just had a meeting and one feller showed up. Yeah, and then we went ahead and we held another one for Mama, for Women on the Farm 101. Yeah. And I had I had six ladies come. So I got got a little more of a crowd that way. I'm not minim- <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm not minimizing it. But if you are a student of history and I have this great resource called the the Encyclopedia of the Great Plains. 
Mm-hmm. It's not new. Our our forefathers, those pioneers that came and tried to deal with weather, tried to deal with isolation, tried to deal with um, the challenges that we can't even pretend to know what they're like today. Um, that was an issue at that time as well. Yep. It's tough out here. It's tough. It's a tough way to make a living, but it's still the best way to make it, a living. Well, I think you keep things in perspective. But still the answer is what you've been accomplishing, and that is make sure you get community awareness and people know that they have a community that's there for them. Yeah, and... Also, you know, I try to be as much of an optimist as I can be while still being a realist because I never know when a producer may come in and be having one of those days. Uh, I don't want to be grumpy. I want to be upbeat and have something fun to talk about. Just I think Mm -hmm. a smile and a nice person can change a lot of things in a hurry. Yeah, I agree. Have you had many of those conversations lately? We, I haven't had as many producer conversations lately because we are currently wiped from face-to-face interaction through July the 4th since March. Okay, let's just go there. So, why, why has Kansas been the outlier in the Great Plains and not holding this whole virus talk in check? What's going on with that? Oh... Probably political. It's Kansas, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, we got a different governor now. <laughs> if you look at all Probably. the Great Plains states from, I mean, North Dakota's been okay. South Dakota's mm-hmm. set the standard. Nebraska's been great. Kansas has sucked. Oklahoma's been fantastic. And Texas is at, at the top of the list. I mean, those are the states that have really held this thing in check correctly and look at the data the data shows it yeah try not to get political at work but this the governor's oh by the way by the way stop stop this is aaron sawyers the resident of comanche county in no way shape or form (laughs) affiliated with kansas state extension and nobody in manhattan is listening go ahead (laughs) coffee break democrat (laughs) (laughs) i i I suppose it's pointless to dwell on this but i i just i don't i mean the first gas station you know i'm a big convenience store guy because i'm always Mm -hmm. out and about driving and delivering i've driven in in the last 30 days i've driven in 20 states i mean i'm Mm -hmm. i'm self-isolating well (laughs) and the first gas station i was in that i couldn't get a cup of coffee was kansas and i'm like you kidding me and by the way it was clay center kansas i remember exactly where i was yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's you know it's going to create a burden economically in the second half of this year. You think? I don't. I don't think we've seen the whole yet. I like yeah. to not talk about what everybody else is talking about. Did you see that? <laughs> but but I'm going to make an exception this moment. Did <laughs> you see the idiocy of that AOC who was willing to post publicly on her social media platform? that we need to keep shutting businesses down through November. The loss of some more jobs and economic growth will outweigh President Trump being reelected. She posted that. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. shared 20,000 times. Yeah, it's... 
and they elect her to a public office. Yeah, and that's, you know, I saw somebody had shared the other day that the uh, result of all those kids receiving a participation trophy is they're adults now, and that's what we have. Everybody wants something for nothing. Yeah. And you and I know that's not, not the case. Not going to happen. Somebody's going to pay for it. All right. Well, we got lost in the woods. Let's get back on the right track. How's the pig business? Pig business is tough. Uh, we got along good in in Farrowin, pretty good. Then mm-hmm. we sold out every single show pig the day that they said the day before we were going on lockdown. Right. So I sold the most pigs I've ever sold in twenty four hours. Oh, nice. Sold out a hundred percent. We were too cheap. Uh, They'll come back next but now, year. You're never too cheap. Yeah, but now we're finally getting a few of these uh, shows popping up. Jackpots. Get the show. Yeah. Yeah. And we're proceeding with our county fair. So, you know, things are getting better, a little bit more normalcy. And we start fairing again, first part of August. Uh, statewide, are most county fairs in Kansas going to take place? Yes, and if you see that they've canceled the fair, if you see a post, it's usually the fair board has canceled maybe the big concerts and events, but as far mm-hmm. as I know, every livestock show and the kids, the real portion, the good portion of the fair is going on, the community and the kids. Mm-hmm. I know that Missouri's announced full steam ahead. Colorado, or uh, excuse me, South Dakota, full steam ahead on state fairs. Nebraska is going to make a decision Monday, but the Iowa State Fair and all most of these state fairs are what you just described. It really, it's not a direct result of health implications. It's that they're worried too many people won't show up, and it'll be a financial wreck. That's really why these fairs are canceling. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Uh, we we canceled a couple events that brought in great big crowds, but mm-hmm. other than that, it's it, it was more of what you said, more of the financial side than the worry of right sickness. Comanche County, Kansas, is not close to any urban center whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um. What is the first of all? What is the population of Comanche County? Oh, about eighteen hundred, I think. Last I saw on the census. And, and what is the infrastructure for, like the custom butcher shops? Is there? Does every town still have one, or how tough is that? We to don't by? have one. Not in the county. Not in the county. We had two when I was growing up, and they just by the time they were dilapidated and need updating, they couldn't. Couldn't get, uh, couldn't pass inspections and make money, so they went out of business. Oh man, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, we drive at least an hour to a processor. Out of the county. Out of the county. So that means it's virtually impossible to get something booked in a, a butcher shop in your area. Yep, I called in in the end of March to to set dates for the handful of oddballs we kept to feed out. And Mm -hmm. I'm September 1st for January-born pigs. 
Oh, are you serious? I, I go mm-hmm. to five lockers, Aaron. I work with yeah. five on a on a monthly half for five years. This is a, I'm now yeah. looking for April twenty twenty one. That's the quickest April I can 20. get in. I can't believe you can get in this year. I don't know that I can now. Oh, uh, that was March. I could this then. Is June. Yeah. No, no wonder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. That's and been and now I'm trying to decide if I want to try to get dates for pigs that aren't even born yet, like you're doing. I'm getting dates for pigs that aren't even conceived. <laughs> that, yeah. That's putting the cart ahead of the horse. Yeah. I so, bet you're selling a lot of meat, though. Well, more than I can get because, you know, we were selling about 40 pigs a month that way through a custom butcher shop. I made a run to one of those uh, shops yesterday. There was 16 pigs in that batch when we delivered them. They're gone, and... I tried to beg him into some more spots coming up here soon, but Charlie's fam- famous last words were, I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know you will. So it seems to me like, well, this is like a year and a half too late, but you need to build a custom butcher shop right there. Yeah, and there's been talks. Of, uh, there's some grant money and some seed money that if we can find somebody that wants to run one, mm-hmm. that there's been talks we may try to build one in the county. But they're expensive. Yeah. Should I mention that this one I work with was absolutely, I work with five, but this one I'm talking about yesterday is absolutely fantastic. I think they employ 21 people. And guess what the biggest challenge is? Getting somebody to cut it up labor continues to be the issue all right i promised you we will do it all glass glass half full in the final segment of roll route aaron sawyers comanche county kansas we'll be back with more after this when we talk about precision agriculture and we talk about using precise technology neogen.com is a place to get full details it's about shining sun on genetics and the genomics and the Leo alleles, which are actually represent the future of efficient food production, whether that be greater improved in performance, whether that be better eating qualities like we do with certified Piedmontese or maybe food safety. All of those parameters can be controlled by understanding genetics, not doing anything to them, just saying, here's what is here. You make your decisions. Neogen is shining light on the future of the food business. Your involvement and understanding genetically better at neogen.com. Welcome back to Roll Routes. Grant Lewis alongside Aaron Sawyers. How's fatherhood? You had your, no, it was your second Father's Day, wasn't it, as a no, father? No, first one. First, first one? one? How'd first that treat one. you? Good. Good. There's nothing better than being the daddy. Yeah. It's fun. That's because you haven't been a daddy of three teenage girls at one time. <laughs> yeah, I got a seven-month-old boy that wants to be bigger than he is. He's driving <laughs> his mom crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about right there. What is the uh, the future, the positive look on the future when people say, Aaron, what should I be excited about? How do you answer that? Uh, you know... We still live in the best country in the world with the most freedoms, even though we may disagree with a lot of 
stuff that's going on and politics, but we still live in the best place. Uh, you live in a rural area. I live in a rural area. Best place to raise a kid. Uh, things are going to get better. They got to. Always have. So, I, I want your input on this as a Let's just pretend you're the economic coordinator for Comanche County, which I mm-hmm. assume is overwhelmingly it's agriculture. Mm-hmm. What would even be the second closest thing, economic driver? Mm-hmm. Is there a second? <laughs> well, the next biggest thing, you know, biggest, the next biggest employer we would have here is we have a, a wire manufacturer in protection. Oh, sure. To build construction wire for, you know, interstates and bridges and, and that stuff. And they mm-hmm. employ 20 guys or so. Pretty good business. But the rest of the businesses are directly related to agriculture. Right. So I'm going to leave the names out because we don't have uh, permission on everything yet. But I got a phone call from a friend yesterday who had the idea that, you know, there these towns... And cities, well, I'll just use the best example. Columbus, Ohio, the mayor announced this week they're going to take down the statue of Columbus, Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. So he had the idea that we should go alleviate that problem and take it away for them. Just take it. Come and say, hey, here's my flatbed. Let's load her on here. I'm going to take it back to Protection, Kansas, and we're going to put it in the middle of town. I probably shouldn't have said that. Now we're going to have people calling the mayor of Protection Kansas. But I'm just using this as an example, all right? It's actually going to go yep. cold water. But anyway, uh, I'm just making that up, too. And, and so we could do this. We could create an economic driver because you know there would be people go to IE Town USA to see this monument to Christopher Columbus and it might even contribute to growth. It might contribute to economic development. And so then the question comes, where do you think the balance is between enjoying living in a county with 1,800 people and yet we think that the economic prosperity just isn't there? And if you start growing, well, then you become something you didn't want to be. How do you find that balance? You know, we used to have that balance. Most of, we had everything here. We talked to, we don't have a local processing plan anymore. We used to have two. Uh, most of the money stayed here. We had, uh, the co-op was locally owned, and it's since been bought out and merged again. So, you know, there's a big siphoning of wealth from our community to the outlying communities. If we could keep the money here, more people would be here. You know, I want young people here. I want mm-hmm. want our communities to survive. Uh, do you have one school system in the county? One school system, yep. How's that faring? There, it's uh, We were a unified school district, but then they went ahead and consolidated when I was an eighth grader there in 2000. Mm-hmm. And they, they seem to be getting along pretty good. Uh, Hard to keep uh, teachers here unless you're married to a farmer. You don't think there'll be a big migration of Sedgwick County teachers to want to come to Comanche County? I don't think so. 
Not the ones you want. Yeah. If they're coming from Sedgwick County to Comanche County, you better do a background check, see what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm really to the point where I should have had this awareness long before my girl's nearly out of school, but I, I think you can tell everything about the community by going to the school and getting a feel of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And my sense, Aaron, is that too many administrators come into a, a community. I'm talking primarily about superintendents. They come in, they, they're many times they want to start and they go to the smaller consolidated schools in Comanche County is a place to get a resume builder of, yeah, I've been a superintendent at Comanche County, whatever, whatever. And they don't understand the frugality, because that's the word we choose to use, of the lifestyle that we have. And so they try to outspend thinking that they can somehow improve the test scores and make their record look better if the students score higher it's not always about the money. And if you don't have a school that's keeping things in check with what's representative of the community, mm-hmm. it turns it upside down. And so moral of that <clears throat> excuse me, the moral of that story is I think we need to spend a lot more time in our communities looking at what's really going on in our school. Yep. Yeah. You know, we get in there, me and my coworker at the office, we get into the school a lot. We go to second, third, and fourth grade, and we've started back into, you know, basics of life, intro to ag lessons, uh, uh, manners, you know, table manners, simple things that you don't have to look very far in the, the older kids. They don't know much about them. Um, so we are trying to get in the schools to piggyback some of the programs and do do some stuff to better the kids because at some point those kids are going to be voting either for or against the way I want to make a living. Mm -hmm. So they need to be educated. Is that a common Kansas practice extension educators going into the school system? I think that's fabulous. Yep. Yeah. We just some programs I do, we grow wheat and cups. So they all see, you put, seed in the ground and you water it in sunlight and you get a plant to grow uh-huh. uh, we we hatch chicken eggs in the school and the other neat thing we do now is we piggyback some of these programs we do in the school at the nursing homes hmm. we hatch eggs at the nursing home those i'm finding that the second third and fourth graders they got about the same attention span as the people in the nursing home right i believe they that. know everything they don't want me, you know, I'm not going to teach them much, but I can go there and have fun with them. Do our outreach there to somebody that, you know, most people don't know who's in there. Unless you're related to one. Right. We don't have time to go into the whole nursing home concept. No. And at this moment, Aaron and I have two daughters daily working in nursing homes. Mm-hmm. One's a dietitian, and one is an overnight worker. Lindsay's 17. Yep. She worked last night 6 to 6 in the nursing home. By the way, her dad yep. said this is not a good idea for you to work the graveyard shift, but she's 17. <laughs> Regardless, the, the information that I get confirms that 
We just don't really understand the quality of life anymore. And and, and no. I, now I got to take that a step further. I, I don't think it's all on the nursing home. I think that we have had the USDA ignoring the science behind preventing chronic disease. We feed our pigs better than we feed our kids and our people. Consequently, mm-hmm. pigs are healthier than they've ever been. People are living longer but have more chronic disease than ever. When are we yep. going to wake up and say, hey, this isn't working? Yeah. I don't know. But my hat's off to you and, and the entire Kansas Extension Program. If you've recognized this and getting in the schools, working with second, third, and fourth graders, and what I assume is somewhat like an egg in the classroom, but actually growing things and hatching eggs. And if you could do a little, you, you Aaron, yourself could take your goat in there and do some goat yoga for third graders. I think that'd be a big deal. <laughs> we got rid of the goats. We just got hair <laughs> sheep. They're harder to catch. <laughs> Regardless, if you wanted to do some hair yeah. sheep yoga, I think it'd be a hit. Yeah. 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 We've talked about taking a litter of pigs in the process or you know, yeah. do something. Just so they can see things that you and I do every day, all the time, that that they may have a negative opinion on just from something somebody told them. They've never seen it. Or know the reason why we do it. Of course, first, those third graders, I know how they think. They'd have to get beyond the fact that you have the most masculine, well-groomed beard ever grown on a man. They'd have <laughs> 400 questions about that. Yeah, yeah. usually I get several comments about that. But I, I trimmed it down for the summer. <laughs> oh, did you do it? Did you get into the barber? Is that what you're saying? No, I did it at home. <laughs> Last minute. What do we need to most know and take home today? Oh, I guess, so the theme that Macy and I have worked on is, you know, we can only control us. Everything else is out of our control. So, you know, if it's in God's plan, it's meant to be, it's going to happen. The thing we have to do is minimize our risk, and that is our financial risk, until things get better. Uh I have a good friend, he always had the saying that all cows need to function is salt and scenery, and that's what we try to get back to. They just, what they see is what they function on. Salt and scenery. (laughs) Yep. Um, That's how cow herds used to run, and we've changed that. I'm going to take issue with one thing you said in closing. You said, until things get better. Yeah, I think we have to drive things into being better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everything we talked about here today is a step towards making that happen. Yep. All right, that and building a custom packing plant in Comanche County, Kansas—that's the goal and the takeaway from today. Aaron Sawyer is always a pleasure. You still haven't come to see me. I need to come see some boars. Yep. I just keep sending them to you in the box. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Both Aaron and myself remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. Once again, reminding you about the All-American Beef Battalion. Continuing to say thank you to our troops. That's what it's about. 
You know, Aaron mentioned that handshake and a smile. That's what we do through the All-American Beef Battalion. We include some nutrient-dense beef. It's not certified Piedmontese. Why is it not? That's the question. Steaksfortroops.com. Get full details on the web and contribute. That's what you need to do.